Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, somebody chatted into the Zoom? What are, we're doing chats now? We're, we're giving we're Keevan we're giving Keevan the uh, the run order. Behind the behind the scenes chatting. Just trying to keep this podcast on track, folks. That's all we're doing. Uh, there's I got no warm up, so I'm just trying to kill time because we don't have anything else to talk about this week, guys. There's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I got Ryan Palmer in Portland. I'm barely here. Uh, early morning. Um, I just did some dishes, which is good. Uh, but I've been up since about 4.15. So uh, I did get a chance to rewatch that travesty of a, of a soccer game last night. So I, I might have some feelings on it. I don't know. Wait, have you watched it twice? I have watched it twice. Half watched How? it twice, I think. So I, I think that you could say that I watched it uh, for... I watched it once full through. Um, because I've half watched it twice. If that makes any sense. Nope, not really. But I think it does. <laughs> I think I'm, it adds up. I'll get there. Maths. Mike Samuelson's in Minneapolis. Great weather weekend. Just really um, peak peak weather. It's the kind of weather where it's both very very nice in the sun and in the shade, which is really hard to come by. So good. That is a great weather. Just, it doesn't matter. You could be anywhere. You could be anywhere outside, and you're going to have a great time. That's the kind of weather it is. It's amazing. Soak that up, because in just a couple of months, you're going to hate the weather. I'm prepared. It's coming. It's coming. Keevan, thanks for jumping on. No Colin today. Uh, we needed a Canadian specialist, and so we got Keevan. What's up? Hello. Don't. I'm taking Colin's spot, but please don't ask me to do big brain stuff. No math questions. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll try to keep my takes like, I mean, as Mike says, Colin and I are the same person when it comes to takes, but when it comes to math or lawyer, or, you know, smart stuff, don't ask me that. I can't, I can't <laughs> math, do it. Math lawyer or lawyer stuff. <laughs> or <laughs> fake lawyer stuff. You can't do it. Keeve, I'm going to need you to review this contract before the pod's over. Uh, <laughs> I'll email it to you. Oh, I actually have a fake lawyer question. Uh, I, tried to or am in the process of investing in a women's soccer team in minnesota and my account has said that my money's been held in escrow for like the last week should i be concerned <laughs> even that's a question for you uh well i was in uh uh california a couple weeks ago and i gave my uh account money into this like new religion called scientology <laughs> and i'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're gonna like whatever you just hand over account information and they invest it for you properly i know that or that's what they tell me so yes seems safe good job seems just right. hand over account information you're good to go i'm pretty sure scientology is not holding an escrow they get that money out of escrow real quick <laughs> yeah. into the real account yep. <laughs> that's not what they, they told me we should not be talking about scientology i don't want to be targeted on this podcast <laughs> yeah we're gonna we're gonna shoot up the apple podcast rankings for all the wrong reasons <laughs> yeah yeah it's probably true uh, all right. Well, thanks for helping me with my fake lawyering there. Um, Burish, for real, should I be concerned? Thanks. Let me know. Uh, we we should start with the emails. We're obviously going to talk about U.S. Men's National Team here. Uh, it's going to just devolve, I'm sure, into complaining very quickly. But like just before we get there, let's cover some emails. Mike, can you help us? Just real quick, 
real quick, just boom, 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 boom. Uh, first email is from George. Uh, this email feels, you know, wildly irrelevant right now. But as Dan said, we got to cover it. Uh, West Ham into the Europa League group stages, I guess something they've moved forward in the Europa League. Uh, he's looking at at SPI, which stands for what soccer prediction index. Maybe I don't know. It's something that five thirty eight has power? out there. Maybe power index. Power. Oh, I like power. Sounds more powerful. Uh, he's wondering what ranking system we use on the pod. Um, this is a Dan question. Th- normally, this would be a Colin question, but I mean, Kevin has made it very clear he doesn't want to touch this thing with a ten foot ten foot pole. So this one goes to Dan. Dan, talk to me about rankings. Um, I don't know much about the. Uh, maybe nobody really knows how SPI works. I'm not sure they publish these algorithms. Uh, my default ranking is to definitely go to Elo. If you're just looking for straight up ranking uh, ratings, Elo is uh, tried and true. I think it was developed for chess and then has been ported over to many other things. Very easy to find it for club teams and for um, national teams in soccer. Uh, and Elo is a guy. So you might think ELO, you know, a lot of people like go all caps. It's just E, just capitalize the E. It's just a man's name, Elo. <laughs> Uh, SPI, definitely not a man's name. That is, that's full cap straight through all of it. It would have been much more fun if, if Elo had like a, a longer name, the Schadenfreude ranking system. <laughs> Elo would make a good nickname for somebody with a much longer, more complicated name. Yeah. Like yeah, Elovinsky sure. and you just call him Elo. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's nice. I think the FIFA rankings are notoriously crap, so don't pay any attention to anything coming out of like UEFA, FIFA countries. Uh, like they try to rank leagues by goodness or something. Like all of that is really pretty bad. Uh, I would go with some third-party ranking system. SPI probably as good as any, so that that works. This is all bullshit. Just go with your gut. I'd say you I, just go with the the wrestling title belt ranking. Just whoever you most recently beat or lost to, you're better or worse than them. That's yes. it. One-off. Yeah, one-off occurrences is a good way to do it. Yeah. I think it has to be sponsored. I go with the MLS's Audi player ranking, whatever it is, where they mm-hmm. a player scores a goal and on the score, score or on the like screen, it pops up that he gets plus 500 Audi points. <laughs> <laughs> he, gets, he gets his tires rotated sponsored, for It's not goal. real. Yep. The SPI apparently has Napoli, Leicester, Rangers, and West Ham as the top four teams in the Europa League. Mike really doesn't want to talk about I Europa just, League I've, or I've rankings. I've tried twice I'm already to us. move on, and Dan just keeps wanting to talk about these stupid rankings, which I don't care about. <laughs> it feels about right. Napoli and Leicester City are the cream of the crop in the Europa League. So, you know, just eye check it. it. seems about right. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about the Europa League to begin with. And then the thought of talking about ranking teams in Europa League really just... This makes me want to go take a nap. I mean, Mike, it, it could it could be worse. We could be ranking teams in the conference league. So, I mean, that's that's so grassroots though. It's like kind of in our in our area, in our area of expertise. It doesn't matter. Unai Emery is going to win it. Whoever, whatever team he's managing at the end is going to win. So the rankings really are pointless. Very true. <laughs> at the end, like he might switch teams four times between now and then. So we can't say. <laughs> Mike, do you think there's a big difference between Olympiacos and Micheland? They're uh, ranked right next to each yeah. other. Can you? Well, well I mean, Olympiacos—they play in Greece, and it's they're in the Mediterranean Sea. 
and then Michelin, I'm pretty sure that's a Danish team. That's like the Baltic Sea. Um, so, the, I mean, those places are very different. So, yeah, a huge difference. Nailed it. You got it. See? This is the analysis we provide here. I'm going to do a ge- geographic-specific rankings in which uh, <laughs> Olympiacos will be very high up. You should, actually. We've been waiting for that. The uh, teams where Mike wants to be a one-club man the, rankings. The, the MGI, the Mike Geographic Index. <laughs> and then we'll be like, is it geographic or goodness? What does the G stand for? Mm-hmm. Well, the real question is, will you know, uh, will climate change adjust these rankings? Palmer's falling asleep right now. Uh, do we have the, another email, or is this is this no, it for the, the week? The real question is, will George ever email again? Because he's not getting a real answer for the question. He'll email. He'll email. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Uh, Dan, I'm putting my foot down. No more talking this about just, this. This is how bad I don't want to talk about the U.S. Men's National Team. I'm <laughs> doing everything next, I can. This next email is so great. We can literally talk about this next email for like 25 minutes and I think enjoy ourselves. Uh, this email is from Scott Angove. He says, in the past four days, I've eaten a world-class anniversary dinner at a Samuelson-approved venue and bought shares in a community-owned soccer team because of this Burge dude. That is a quote. This Burge dude I've never met but heard on your podcast. I'm clearly making most financial decisions under the guidance of Thread Consulting, LLC. Keevan, as our official lawyer on the podcast today, is that a good idea? Yes. Because anything... I mean... This one's an easy answer, actually, because if it's Burr's related, then you invest. He's a smart mm-hmm. man. That's yeah. true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Trust in Burr's. Um, all right. So then Scott says, I hesitate to ask this question, mostly because I assume DJ Shed Business has many nefarious offerings. But is there any other shit you want me to buy? I mean, man, yes, there's, there's a lot. Uh, DJ Shed Business, I'm going to turn it over to you to kick things off. Uh, I'm pretty DJ, sure DJ, DJ Shed, Shed Business, business is, not is not here. Oh, I thought that was I thought that was Palmer. What? <laughs> yeah, Where? I don't know. I just thought because Scott's your friend that that was some kind of inside joke that I didn't realize. And now where does it, where does Colin Pod, where does Colin Pod from every week? I, guys, come here's on. Here's the beautiful. Come on, guys. This email is amazing because Scott, clearly a dedicated listener, he's making references to our old podcast episodes that even I didn't remember. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, we. We made up DJ names for each other once, and we, I think he actually remembered the no, common DJ name. We we did not make up DJ names. Uh, Scott gave us these names. That's, that <laughs> is, oh, but then we talked we talked about them yes. for a long time. Yes, yeah, that's fair. That's, I would say right. here. What was your DJ name, Palmer? Do you remember? Uh, it was. Um, God, it had something to do with. Uh, it's too early. I know it's right uh, on the top of my tongue, but um, Scott needs to buy us Tranmere Rovers. That's what he needs to buy. That's that's what you should buy. That's buy, the answer. Buy Tranmere for us. Um, oh, Empathy's nuts was my. Um, was oh my, yeah, uh, <laughs> that was a great one. That was a great one. <laughs> oh, so good, Keith. What what should Scott buy? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, more more investment in Burge's stuff just keep on giving him money because <laughs> it's it's actually for it's it's for a good cause and any other recommendations you get from myself or empathy's nuts probably isn't isn't a good one i mean it's um, it's probably better than scientology so keep oh, giving yeah Burge that's money. true and i gave him enough of my money so they don't need any more of that <laughs> 
Dan? Wow, it sounds like a lot of people invested. We've got ourselves a little voting block here. We could rest, wrestle control uh, <laughs> of Minnesota women's soccer. Really impose our branding ideas on them. Uh, GameStop, I think, is the right answer to this. Just invest everything you have in GameStop. Oh. Any, the any moon, of baby. the Super League teams, because you know the fans aren't too uh, too happy with the owners there. So if you you know if you have a couple billion laying around, I think you do that. That's true. The Super League teams definitely uh, buy low, sell high. It's time to buy because they're all <laughs> just bleeding right just, now. But still Shambles. throwing out $200 million proposals for players yet. So, you know, I think that ownership needs to be changed. Oh. Can we talk about that? It's not on the run order. Real Madrid tried to buy uh, Kylian Mbappe from PSG. Mbappe did not move in the end. Is that because... I mean, Keevan, this is what I just, like, you saying that made me think of that. Is that just because PSG is like, we don't really believe you. Like, we're not going to do any business with you. We're, like, it wasn't a, a Killian thing. He wasn't trying to, like, stay or go. There was no, like, personal politics about it. Was it just, like, PSG being like, no, Real, just why Why are you here? Go away. I think if you're, you know, uh, the head of a, an oil nation, you know, the offer comes in, you check your bank account. You're like, nope, we're good over here. We actually, uh, we, 200 million really doesn't mean anything to us. We're just going to keep on trucking. Thanks. I mean, didn't they, uh, isn't Kylian Mbappe, they could get him on a free transfer next year if they just wait. So they're offering $200 million or 200 million uh, euros for a player that they could just wait and get on a free Um in a year so it just seems like it's like you don't know how to handle your money so there's no way that you actually have this money um so we're not going to do business with you just not buying it right that's well, what I, I think, think also psg like their whole goal since purchasing the team was to win a champions league which hasn't happened and now they finally have Messi. so let's just go let's go all in it'd be, it feels like if they do win a champions league it would be difficult for mbappe to leave but certainly not impossible. Uh, any more Mbappe talk? Uh, no, that's not. Yeah. All maybe, right. I'll, maybe I'll, give my uh, maybe Ang, maybe Scott can give uh, Real Madrid some money so that they can buy Mbappe. <laughs> Sounds good. I was gonna say Scott, maybe he can he can buy uh, like you know Carly Lloyd's contract and bring her to. Bring her to Minnesota Women Ooh. Team to be announced. Name FC. Ooh, I like that. Bring, bring in, bring in some, some you know, older, older talent who might be interested in a project. Maybe they will become the Minnesota Carly Lloyds. <laughs> I like it. It's got a nice I, ring to I it. have another idea for things to buy, Scott. Uh, Ford Madison kits, just Ooh. all of them. Yeah. Every single one of them yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. out is a banger. Uh, just buy as many of those kits as you can. I like that. Actually, I was kind of joking about Carly Lloyd FC, but there's a couple there's a couple teams in South Africa that are named after players, uh, and I kind of love that. The Kaiser Chiefs, the Jomo Cosmos. It's just like, <laughs> why can't we have the the Minnesota Carly Lloyd, you know, Eagles or something? I'm with it. Where is South Africa in the uh, MGI? Oh no. Uh, I mean, it's a big country, Dan, and you know. Unless there's a club that plays everywhere, 
Uh, it's hard to rank a whole nation, but I, I'd say that they're pretty high. They're pretty high up there. Okay. All right. We'll come back. That'll be a, a breakaway podcast. That'll be my road podcast where I just spend four hours by myself talking about different places <laughs> I'd like to go visit and play soccer. <laughs> All right. Next email, Colin Smith. He says, please cover this Brazil and Argentina situation. Thanks. Spelled T-H-N-X. Just wanted to point that out. That's how he spells thanks. Uh, so if you guys didn't see this, uh, Argentina, Brazil, playing yesterday in Brazil, you know, probably the greatest rivalry in international soccer. Uh, game starts, 10 minutes in, Brazil health officials come onto the field and I don't know if they arrest or uh, basically like grab three Argentinian players who had not properly quarantined. Uh, apparently, if you play in England or were traveling from England in Brazil, you have to quarantine for 14 days. These guys did not do that. Um, Palmer, what the hell's going on here? I, I do not know. Uh, it, this, is, <laughs> this, this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, the, the like mass hysteria that like ensued on the pitch was pretty, uh, pretty insane. Um, all of this feels more uh, like um, gamesmanship ship tactics than uh than actual like concern for health and safety uh to like storm the field and make this big show of things uh is just bizarre like these things could have happened behind closed doors we didn't have to run on the field um they were like arresting uh players two of two players were uh actually tottenham hotspurs um, so just amazing, amazing stuff. Great stuff uh, from, from Spurs. Think, great stuff from Spurs. Concacaf or Colin Seinloff, Concacaf ain't got shit on Cannonball, and uh, this is yeah, this is top top level um, shit housery. I think is is the term. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to catch up on like the latest known knowledge about this right now. Uh, it looks like the authorities did try to get there pre-game to prevent these guys from playing or from leaving the locker room or whatever but please tell me they uh, got stuck in traffic exactly they got <laughs> yes. stuck in traffic and so by I the time it. they got there it was like four minutes in and they just walked out onto the field incredible it's like i think the thing i love about this most is that it just like pops that bubble where you think that like soccer games are happening inside of some like terrarium that, and we're all just observers, right? Mm. To have somebody fr from the outside and from like the real world just walk onto the pitch and interact as if you can just do that. It's like, it just blows the whole thing out of the water. I love it. I mean, so, so I think like the, the optics of stopping the game is, is like wild and ridiculous, but I mean, it was well documented, like Brazil did not select any of their England based players because of this. Like they had no premier league players. Like, Keith, what is Argentina, what are they doing here? They're just kind of, like, pretending that the rules don't exist? Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yes. I mean, they had they were there uh -huh. for three, well, there's, like, they were there, weren't they, they were there for three days. That, like, so maybe they just, like, kind of snuck in and, like, well, it's been two days, so I, I think we're good. Do you think it's a situation where time in Brazil and time in Argentina are different? It's like how, you know, uh, in like mm. in like movies, like sci-fi movies, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, if you spend a day on this planet. That's like 12 years on this other planet. 
relativistic time dilation. Yeah. Physics guy, talk on it. <laughs> the, the gravity is uh, greater in Argentina, I think is what that means, or what we would have to conclude anyway. Uh, their two-week two two week quarantine happened within uh, two days of Brazil time. Oh, well, uh, is it, of, yeah, isn't like Argentina, like, isn't their federation like notoriously like not run properly isn't that why <laughs> why Messi retires after every important tournament because he's pissed off with the federation so i mean it's, it's just why maradona gets hired as manager <laughs> yeah i'm just saying we shouldn't rule out these relativistic time differences no that's a good point mike i i love this i as we've said on this podcast who cares about the soccer we're all just here for the drama for the soap opera this is some of the best i've ever seen i love it um, more, more of this, please. More yeah. of this. So the the game was abandoned. Uh, unless Dan has updated information at time of recording, there's no no clear decision about when this game will be resumed or if Argentina will forfeit or X, Y, and Z. But is this... the outcome of the match will be decided by FIFA, as per reports. So uh, good luck, FIFA, figuring this yeah. out. Something tells me that will not be a satisfactory uh, <laughs> result in the end. Yeah. If there is one entity that we wanted, you know, deciding these kind of uh, important things, it's FIFA. Is this like, um, like when uh, players in the Premier League, it comes close to like um, Christmas break and they start getting red cards because they want like a long vacation? Did Argentina just decide that everyone's going to get a rest? And is that why they, they rostered these guys? Because they're like, listen, or- they're going to abandon the game. We're gonna get we're gonna get a nice little vacation out of this. Uh, like we'll make FIFA. I, I actually I want to ask how FIFA is gonna figure this out. Um, but did Argentina do this on purpose because they just wanted a vacation? Or I mean, did the two Spurs players just decide we can't we can't play for Spurs anymore? We'd rather sit in a Brazilian jail. <laughs> Why would they sit in a Brazilian jail? It's just deportation. Right. rules? No, they just kick them out of the country. No, they have to go back to Spurs. This does not go the way they planned. <laughs> well, no, this is... I think the plan I read was that uh, because Brazil is a red zone for the UK or something, they have to quarantine for two weeks before they can come back in. So the plan was that these players, after they're done playing in South America, were going to go hang out in Croatia, a green zone for two weeks, before coming back in. Oh so my I really God, I do think that this is all about uh oh two weeks in Croatia. Yep, yeah. I'll take that. that sounds yeah. nice. Um okay, how is FIFA going to uh figure it out? I I assume that they're going to have like 10 interns play five games on actual FIFA and then they're going to they're going to figure out who wins of those 10. Or of those five. Are the 10 interns playing each other or are they all playing the computer? Yeah, so 10 interns, five games. So one intern plays, you know, intern A plays uh, for Argentina. Intern B plays Brazil, plays for Brazil. And then in the other, you know, on your other PS4, intern uh, C can't afford a PS5? Or whatever. I don't know what iteration we're at right now. It's all N64. Do you, do you think what what like level of difficulty do you, do you think they're all playing different levels like some interns play like the easiest level and some play the hardest and they somehow weight that differently uh they yes 
Yeah, we too. do not want to talk about the U.S. men's national team so badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think you're on to something with the FIFA. Isn't like um, Sergio? I know during the pandemic, Sergio Aguero was like his people watching him play FIFA was like wildly entertaining. So maybe can Ooh. we can get him kind of to represent the Argentina team, and then we find like, I mean, Richarlison's kind of crazy too. I don't know if he plays FIFA, mm. but he's a little bit nuts. So just get those I like two. This on a uh to play each Live other and like, keep it yeah exactly Keith, you know video games like is there a way to have a fifa game with 11 players playing on each team like each player controls another player oh, oh yeah God. you, you can have to that. play as yourself that would be great i think that would be a great tiebreaker you just have the 11 starters on each team log in and and play as themselves against the other That's 11 a- starters it's yeah. the Zoom meeting of international <laughs> soccer. It's perfect. Just put it's that. Perfect. Put it on Twitch. Cliff can host it on Twitch. I love it. <laughs> that would be amazing. All right. Uh, Soccerthread at gmail.com. We'll read your emails instead of talking about things we don't want to talk about. <laughs> I'll get a. I'll start a Twitch channel for the soccer thread and and throw that and throw that up on the. Someone can throw it up on the Twitter site so we can officially present that idea to fifa love it we should let them know quick because they're they're certainly going to make a really good and fast decision on this one (laughs) um u.s men's national team is in the middle of its first uh international window uh for world cup qualifying we've played two games but uh i think the key thing that we should be talking about for the u.s men's national team um is really not related exactly to the on-field product uh, Greg Berhalter went for a jog in his U.S. gear just before the game in Nashville. Uh, ran around downtown Nashville. Mike, is this, is this, is this for real? real? There was just a video. It was either Greg or a great impersonator just running around downtown Nashville with like a bunch of U.S. fans out there. He's wearing like basically the same thing that he wore to the game. And I just feel like that is just not a normal, not a normal thing to do. Wait, this not is, at all. It was very is, thirsty. This is a real thing. Uh, I mean, as real as you know anything on Twitter is. I thought you were real, just like totally fake. I thought this question just like referred to the fact that he just like wears training gear as a coach. <laughs> uh, I did not realize that he actually did this. This that's bizarre. This is bizarre. Palmer. The run order reads: Is he a psycho? And I think the answer is yes. Yes. No, yeah, we didn't. We didn't need him running around Nashville to to come to that conclusion. Do you really work out if it's not on social media? Isn't that the whole thing? Like you have to alert people that you're working out and he just did it in a different way. He knew once he'd be running around, people would take videos of him. So he's got to have a, he might not have a Strava. So he went the old school way of just, you know, people kept capturing him on. It just seems like such a, if you're going to, if you're going to work out in front of a bunch of people, it just seems like running is such a boring way to do it. Like do some kind of like Olympic weightlifting like powerlifting or something just in the middle of the street in downtown Nashville. I think that would be much more interesting. So uh, there, the like rumors, well, I'm sure we'll talk about the West uh, suspension, but the rumors are, is that he broke COVID protocols. How is running around packed downtown Nashville part like, okay with COVID protocols, but whatever West did was not that's, Question number one. I think what you're suggesting is that we should suspend Greg for at least a game, which uh, probably a lot of fans would agree with you with. I think 
if that's the conclusion we end at with after all of this, uh, that Greg needs a little time away from the team, uh, that might be the right conclusion. He needs to just go for a long run and kind of clear his head, I think. He's, there's too much going on there. He's not thinking properly. That's what this demonstrates to me. I mean, I think he actually just needs to get a warm-up before the game because he is so physically active on the sideline. Um, you know, he could pull something if he's not warm. So I appreciate he's a guy getting a little bit older. He is starting to really understand how his body works, and he, he knows that he needs to get a warm-up in, which is great. Yeah. I think he's also very high-strung. I mean, a lot of coaches are high-strung, but I don't think he channels his high-strungness in a positive way. It doesn't feel like it. Uh, all right, so let's actually talk about the soccer. The window opened up uh, with a game at uh, San Salvador, El Salvador, with a nil-nil draw away from home in CONCACAF. All of the caveats, right? Um, maybe it was a tough field. The crowd, certainly behind their team, uh, was refereeing bad. I don't know. All of the CONCACAF caveats. Uh, nil-nil draw away from home. Uh, Keevan, we're going to try to do a little bit of like the good, the bad, the ugly for each of these games. And then we'll talk about kind of the overarching narratives that we're worried about. Uh, what did you have as good from this El Salvador game? Okay, so I'll, I'll try to keep it going game by game, by game um, which I think yeah. we're going to try to go about here. A little uh, bit. Um, and then you guys, so the good, you guys have touched on this like, it's a young team. They haven't really gone through the qualifying, you know, odd, bad field, tough, uh, tough atmosphere kind of thing. Um, they, I thought they started off the game real well. I mean, they looked like they had a plan, you know, go through the channels that, you know, the kind of the man city, um, use the width as much as we can. Uh, I thought they did an all right job of that. And then maybe that like, it kind of set in of the little bit of pressure, tough atmosphere. We haven't scored yet. Oh, this isn't going exactly to plan. And then the kind of chaos came out of um, booting the ball forward, kind of getting away from that plan. Um, I know you asked me to focus on the good, so I guess I'll call out a couple <laughs> players. I thought, well, I thought Turner did excellent. Um, any ball that came into the box, he kind of demanded it. He went up. Um, there was no way anyone else was going to get that ball. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. He kind of uh, did. I thought while I was watching this game, actually, he did this thing that you don't see very often, but like makes perfect logical sense. Any ball that like just in a normal, like every day that he could go and catch, he would just go and catch. Even if it was like way out at the corner of the box, he'd just go catch it, which is like something you don't actually see goalies do very much. Like usually they mostly collecting crosses inside their six yard box or whatever, even if they're totally physical capable, physically capable. Right. But Turner was just like, no, I can catch that. I'll so just go catch that. He one. was kind of commanding the box. Is that. Yeah. And like much wider than you normally see people do, which, yeah. So anyway, I'm just agreeing, like just really great job collecting crosses, keeping stuff clean. This is that, that is the, uh, that's, this is the peak of the positive, um, for this game. So, uh, I like that you're, you're trying to focus on that and talk, about this as much as possible because this is all we can say, which is great. That's it. The, the center backs are, I mean, overall, I, the backs played well, and I thought uh, Miles Robinson to like, and I know he's not a center back, but just like the back line, like he was, he played excellent. And even Tim Ream, I got like when I first saw that lineup, and I was, I definitely gave the oh shit, why is Tim Ream in there? But he played well, so yeah. I think props to him. 
Robinson is definitely in the good, except for the, you know, three seconds leading up to his header miss, which is definitely in the ugly category. But yeah, I, I agree. I think Robinson's actually been probably one of the few like guys who's really stuck out to me over the two games is like, okay, this guy seems like he's he's up for it. 100%. Yeah. I I would say the two guys that are like, maybe this is the question in terms of, uh, you know, we just talked about Turner, but like, is Turner our number one moving forward? Because um, I think that he definitely, uh, he, he definitely at least put himself um, into that conversation. Um, and, and Robinson, I think, solidified a, a, his spot in the team in the, in the last two games. So, uh, Conrad De La Fuente got his second cap in this game, and I thought it looked pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. all things considered, he just looked like a solid guy, not making mistakes, uh, took people on in the open field. That was good for me, KDF. I liked, um, not necessarily that he like broke this game open or anything, but like, just looked like a great option. I would say the the good for me was the first ten minutes of of the El Salvador game. I thought we looked really good. I thought we looked confident and like kind of swaggy on you know for an an away game against a tough opponent. It looked like we we did not we were confident and we we kind of weren't afraid of the moment. Um, but that was ten minutes. So yeah, I mean I think. The, the bad slash ugly is kind of the rest of the game where we progressively looked just more and more shook. And yep. I mean, you can, Dan already made the caveats. You know, the other caveat, I think, is we only had two guys who started this game who'd played in a qualifier ever before. So, you know, that is what it is. But we just looked progressively more and more shook, more and more not able to cope with the situation. I think like Reina and Dest in particular were guys who stood out to me as like, guys who did not look like they were really up for it and like just, you know, look like they were kind of, yeah, just, I mean, obviously they're both very good players, but to me, they just look like guys who were like, you know, this is just not my day. Just not, not having it. Can I ask a question about this? Like this was the entire, even after the Canada game, right? Like everything is like, this team is young. They haven't, qualify they haven't run through a world cup qualifying uh games before um you know mike you just mentioned that like there were only two guys on the pitch that had like actually been in a world cup qualifying game um for that el salvador el, Sal- el salvador game um does that matter does it really matter that much right like at the end of the day like serginio dest is playing uh, in Champions League's games, right? Um, you have uh, Reyna that is playing in Champions League games or a game in uh, against Bayern Munich. And, you know, those seem like they're just as hostile environments, possibly um, maybe a little bit more intense. Like, does the fact that these guys haven't seen uh, a World Cup qualifying, CONCACAF, all this bullshit... Does it really actually matter? Nobody so knows. Just silence. Go ahead. I, I mean, 
I think, does it matter? Like, yes, probably, but it's not an excuse. Like, fucking grow up. You know, all these guys are professional players. It's not like we've got a bunch of college players in there. Like, all these guys are there because they're supposedly good enough to do this. From a talent perspective, I mean, this El Salvador team is a bunch of guys playing in, like, they've got a couple MLS guys, but most of their players play in the El Salvador National League, which I'm not an expert on, but pretty sure it's not a very strong league. So, yeah, it's like, that's not a good team. Uh, and yeah, the pitch is bad, whatever. It's a hostile stadium, but just like suck it up, man, and get the job done. And I don't know. I think from from my opinion, like, you know, we talked a lot this summer about how the U.S. team seemed like they had kind of the old U.S. grit back. But you looked at these two games and you were like, not at all. These guys looked like a bunch of prima donnas who, when things got bad, you know, started kind of moping, started doing stupid shit. Uh, I mean, we'll get on to the Canada game. But, like, yeah, I don't. I really don't care at all that these guys are young. It's just like, you know, if you feel like you're too young to get the job done, then don't take a, don't accept a cap. And, you know, we'll bring in someone from MLS who's 28, and maybe they feel like they're more mature and able to cope with playing in El Salvador. I mean, that's your Tim Ream. That's why he's there, right? It's like... He's done it, and he performed, and I think people were generally happy with him. So, I mean, we've kind of made fun of Legette, for example, of being like a CONCACAF player, but maybe there's something to that. Mm -hmm. Put together a team of guys like Reem and Legette, and they'll go and, I don't know, not be prima donnas, at least. Yeah. Uh, I'm not actually advocating for that. Just saying that it's (laughs) it's a thought that one could have. I hate the idea, but... Uh, so the good, uh, Matt Turner was good. Uh, Conrad De La Fuente was good. The bad in El Salvador, Dest was, looked just terrible going forward, going backward. Can we just never play Dest that left back again? Like, it's just a bad, it just doesn't work. And we have okay. other left backs who are serviceable. Like, just no, no more. This, this brings me to my, to my next question about Greg. Uh, we're talking about all oh, these guys are young. These guys are prima donnas. Um, like they play good for 10 minutes and then they look shook. Um, and then you have like Dest. Dest cannot fucking defend. He just can't defend. Dest is ter- He had two, these two games that he, he had one really good run in the Canada game. But other than that, he looked absolutely awful in defense. Like Miles Robinson bailed him out time and time again. Uh, in the Canada game. Um, so you have young guys uh, play good for 10 minutes and then and then for the next whatever, uh, you know, 80 minutes in, the, in El Salvador and then they don't particularly play very well in Canada. You have these young guys maybe not putting them in the, in the correct position and then you have a team that seems as though they don't really have a plan. Uh, what the fuck is Greg doing? Like... Are we are we putting our best players in in the best position for them to succeed? This is the same question that we asked with with Klinsman. Like, what is going on? I think you have to give Greg a little bit of leeway because these are now three game windows. They're like on two games rest. You have to rotate people and you have to find minutes, um, you know, to rest guys. So there's. 
like I understand a little bit if the plan is that uh, you need Yadlin to play an entire game, but one of those games has to overlap with a game that Dest is playing. So therefore you would rather play Dest at left back than Yadlin. So like that is just how that puzzle has to fit. Like I, I'm willing to give Greg a little bit of help there, you know, like give him a little bit of a break because of the way that these windows set up. Like you just have to do some of this calculus and figure out how to get the best teams you can on the field across all three games, not just for one game and not just for like, you can't play the same team for all three games. Right. So you have to do a little bit of managing. Um, yeah, but, but still it just doesn't seem like there's a plan around that. Even if that, the puzzle, like he puts the puzzle together, but then, and then what? Yeah. Just, doesn't feel like there's anything more to it than that. Well, yeah, I mean, even just within games, it seems like the only kind of attacking idea we have is these big switches, which we know Greg loves, right? I mean, he tried to shoehorn in Jackson Ewell into the team because he thought this is the only guy who can play a big switch. And like, yeah, sometimes those work out and create chances, but it seems like if that doesn't work, we've got nothing and it doesn't work more often than it works. And there's just no ability for the team to like even try and play through the middle at all. Um, I don't know. It's just it's incredibly frustrating because it just seems like you know Greg's been the coach now for what two years, and we still look like a team that doesn't have an idea. And then both of the teams we played against seem like they did have ideas, and we're like, well, you know, they didn't have as much quality, but uh, they had know, a plan. They, like clearly knew what they wanted to do. And I would say, like, they executed it pretty well. And we're just, like, rolling the ball out there and saying, all right, you know, we're better than them, so just go figure it out, guys. And it's just right. it's just not good enough. Playing off that, I think the, like, uh, inexperience kind of falls into it. You could really tell the last, mi- the last minute, like, 10 minutes of the El Salvador game, and then it even carried over a lot to the, the Canada game where, all right, we're having trouble getting forward. So then it turns into this, okay, let's just play long long switches and long balls cuz you know, that's that's our that's our plan. That's our that's how we're going to go about this. But it's it it literally turns in I remember one time where Adams got the ball, he turns and um I think it was like Aronson and I think Peckoff was in the was in the uh game at this point and then I forget who was on the on the other side. They literally just ran away from him. And he and he had nothing, so I think he had to end up turning around. And then he turns back to those three, and I can you can tell him like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? Like, we aren't. I'm not just going to play this ball over the top and hope th- hope things go well." And then it, right. it, it, I don't know, it's just like, is that on Burhalter to to kind of like I don't know, make some switches or th- throw some new people in or like I don't know, some f- figure out like, hey guys, I know I have this plan, but like that's not how I want it executed, or is that on the players for just oh, this, we haven't scored yet, and we need to get this win. A tie isn't going to cut it. We're going to get torn apart in the media. So we just got to get forward, and they like just resort to this. Let's just run forward and try to play it over the top, where in CONCACAF especially, like you said, teams, that's what they're preparing for. That's They're going to have. They're not going to let anyone get behind you. You have to break them down. Um, either, yeah, build it through the middle and then switch out to the to the width or whatever that case may be. But it just kind of turned to the, into this, like, long ball situation which is i mean a berhalter wants that integrated but that's not 
that's not how he wants it executed, I guess. I mean, this is the thing that we always say about managing international football teams is you are short on time, right? And so you have to be able to uh, come in, have a camp, make it simple, and then execute that simple plan, right? And if you think about the plan that El Salvador had and Canada, Canada clearly had a plan, and that plan was, like, defend and play counter and allow uh, Davies to just run rampant um, up yeah, and down. Get Davies uh, out on the run. Yeah, exactly. And then let's get a cross in and see if we can finish, right? Um, otherwise, they're going to allow just absorb pressure. And that was the plan um, that, that Canada had, and they executed that. I think El Salvador also was well-drilled in uh, you know defend and counter. Um, if you know that, like you have to... You have to assume that Canada, Canada's not as a manager. You're, you're looking at Canada, and you're like, they're not going to come out and try to play uh, and pass the ball around. They're going to defend and they're going to play counter, right? So you have to know that. So drill that. Um, where Burhalter has been successful is when he had long tournament camps, right? Like Gold Cup, we're successful in that. You have the team for a month. Um, that's, that's great. A good point. You know. But we don't have the team for a month anymore. You have a team for a week. So you have to simplify these things. And I just don't think he is. And even even in the Gold Cup or the Nations League, like, I mean, we talked about this before. It's not like we were successful at crushing teams. We were successful in winning close games. Right. And, you know, in CONCACAF, doesn't take a lot for a close game to go from a 1-0 to a 1-1 or a yep. 1-0 to a 0-0. Yep. And, like... I think what's most frustrating for me about last night's game is you look at the back line of Canada and, like, that's clearly where they were weakest. I mean, I'm not an expert on the Canadian team, but just looking at the guys who are in their back three, they're not playing for big teams. Like, what I've seen of these guys, they're not great. And we just never tested them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got Pulisic, who's supposed to be our last player. He, you know, he had one good chance that he hit off the post. But otherwise, he was very quiet, and in the second half in particular, just, like, disappeared. Like, I hardly remember seeing yeah, him at all, gone. honestly. Yep. And I feel like that's happened to him before uh, in the in the finals against Mexico, where he, again, was very, very quiet until the penalty. And so, to me, that's, you know, it's it's kind of a, I don't know, chicken-egg is the right analogy here, but, like, is that Pulisic's fault? Is that Berhalter's fault? Is that somebody else's fault? I don't really know. I think it's probably all of their faults. But, like... If you have this supposedly, you know, huge talent, you have to find a way to make him the focal point of the team. And that's what Canada did with Davies. You know, he had so many chances where they just got him into space. And we can't even get Pulisic the ball. Right. Uh, The Canada coach, I forget his name, but uh, the manager after the game had some question about you guys really played defensively. Was that the game plan? And he said something like, um, we knew going into the game that the U.S. was going to try to score goals, so we tried to take away their uh, their you know their best game plan. Uh, so my favorite person in the world, Watke on Twitter, tweets: um, major mistake letting Canada know our intricate game plans, including <laughs> try to score goals. Uh, just tactical genius, that guy. Just yeah. Listen, I, I mean, mean, the thing but, is, but, this this but, guy. Why managed... did no one tell Greg that they were trying to stop us from scoring goals? <laughs> then we could have countered that tactic. 
I, I mean, mean, that's on Greg. But every every game we play in this oct or whatever it's called, except for against Mexico, is going to be the same thing. There, we're going to be the team that should be dominating possession, should be trying to score goals, and it's going to be teams that are bunkered. So I'm basically agreeing with you, Mike. Like, why did nobody tell Greg that? This, we're going to have 12 of these games and then two games against Mexico. So on the on the evidence of the first two of the 12... Uh, there are going to be 10 really, really bad games. Yeah. Womp womp. I mean, <laughs> uh, so I didn't look up. Four teams qualify, right? Like we have a play-in game. Three and uh, a half, yeah. 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 So, you know, the goal is to qualify. I feel like we're really good at maybe one-off games. I mean, the CONCACAF Nations League is the... We haven't uh, been good at the last two one-off games. But these aren't one-off games, <laughs> right? These aren't one-off games. This this is tournament. This is like pool play. It's probably a little bit more. Uh, these games are probably a little bit more cagey, right? Just because you're like, a uh, point here is good for us if we're the away team, so it's okay. Whereas like the one-off game is like you win or go home, right? So uh, maybe we're a little bit better there. I don't know. Um, but, but we have to win these kind of games to get into the one-off game situations. Well, so what I'm saying is like we have to be the at least the fourth best team right we're the fourth best team in in this in this group right i mean it's not this is it's not a great start for us but do you honestly see us not being in the top four oh palmer be careful i be careful i'm being honest here there's lots of soccer left lots so (laughs) i'm not pressing the the panic button yet i mean yes i'm worried but i'm not pressing the panic button yet um i'd like to i mean we've we've talked about this they we have the talent to do it so it's it's not like we're just completely lost here yes it's two rough games i'm i mean after the el salvador game i mean you guys said it tie tie away games win home games so i wasn't worried after that yes it was a tough start um the canada game worries me um but ultimately that's one game so i think and there's what 12 more games left to play right or whatever it is for this mm-hmm. qualification so um yeah. i'm not pressing the panic button yet yes i'm worried but not not yet i mean la- so, last cycle we started with two losses and now we started with two ties so in that sense maybe it's a step that's, up but that's I'm, an improvement we're ahead of schedule on not qualifying i'm yeah. <laughs> i'm only worried this round as much as i was worried last round which is to say i wasn't worried i just figured we'd turn it around and i still do but not encouraging. So, Keevan, to your point, you know, after the first game, it was a little disappointing, but fine. The second game, I mean, Colin kind of had this written down. He thought uh, Canada was going to give us problems. So, uh, it's not that it was impossible to predict it. Is there a result in the third game that rescues this window? If we win, we come out with five points. Uh, it's not how you would have drawn up five points, but in the end, five points out of this cycle or out of this window. Are we okay then, Kevin, or are we still having the same podcast? I think we're okay. Um, a, a win away would be would be great. It'll it'll uh, shut up the, the doubters. I think a lot of it will come through if I don't know if Pulisic will play. He played a lot of minutes, a lot more than I thought he would. I thought. Um, Berhalter would take him out a little earlier. Um, I also thought, yeah, I mean, 
Berhalter making changes in the 83rd minute, I thought was a little too little too late. Um, mm-hmm. But if our big names come out and play well, um, again, I don't know if Pulisic will play. It sounds like Destin isn't going to play, especially with his ankle. There's no no reason for that, so he can't really redeem himself. Um, Gio's not going to be there. Gio's back in Germany. Gio's yeah. out. Yeah. Weston, unclear if he'll be yeah. back. How have we not yeah. talk, talked about Weston yet? But yeah. um, <laughs> I just think, yeah, if they can get a win, um, then, yeah, I, I think it's it's not a great window, but it's it, it got the job done, I guess. Job uh, done. So, yeah. But, I mean, a loss is when is you know, is when the fire, fire Berhalter is going to come out. But, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it'll depend on if players step up. Um, I mean, Tyler Adams, I thought, has played well, so I'm sure he'll get a rest. He's played a lot of minutes, but um, who's going to fill into those spots? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But if, if we can get some redemption on just our, our play going forward, I think in the back isn't really an issue. It's just how can we be more dangerous? And if that, yeah. like if, if that comes out... And we actually succeed and, and get some wins, and I, I'm just—it's a good window. I'm, I'll take five points. Yeah, I mean, I think success is scoring goals. Like this team needs to figure out a way to score goals. If we go to Honduras and win one zero, I mean, that's papers over the cracks. But I think what we need to see is that this team has a way to create chances consistently against a bunkered squad of, you know, frankly, not particularly good. CONCACAF players because that's who we're mostly going to be playing against you know it's great if we can go out and press Mexico and win but that's not how you qualify you qualify by you know going against El Salvador Honduras or Panama and you know having the ball most of the time and and winning and so I don't know we haven't seen that at all and I'm not not feeling good about that we'll see it Wednesday those teams aren't, they're all, yeah, like you said, it's not, each team isn't having, other than Mexico, isn't throwing these, like, new, different game plan that he has to plan for. Like, yeah, if we can figure out that puzzle of them bunkering down and we do it with one game and, like, then, yeah, I'm going to be feeling yeah. real good. And, I mean, El Salvador did did press some and had the ball more, but, like, ultimately, yeah, I mean, they're, you know. Look at the goal that we scored in these two games. I mean, we scored one goal against Canada. It came off of pressing, turning over, and scoring quickly. Like, there is a blueprint there. We know how to do it. Aronson started that play, took the ball off of whoever the player was for Canada, and ended up finishing it as people swarmed forward, right? Like, it's not as if it's impossible to do. We did score a goal. Uh, There's just no consistency in that clinicality. And that's... yeah, it's concerning. So for me, if you get a win, five points, fine. But you can't write off the concern that we have that it just looks like there's not a plan. Uh, that still remains. I think can another... We, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Mike. I was going to ask, can we can we just quickly talk about... like We talked about uh, um, Miles um, playing well, um, but I know this pod loves... John Anthony Brooks, but he does not look good lately. I feel like he has been pretty bad. And that Canada goal, he was standing totally doing abs- absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like, what was he doing? He has some fouls in, in, in the middle of the game that are, for me, it looks like it's more selfish than... Uh, like actual tactical, like I'm just here to make a point. It's more like his I'm, yellow card. I'm yeah. yeah. It's like I'm old and I don't really want to work back to to like get in the right position. Um, he got absolutely uh, 
smoked by Buchanan at one point that Buchanan passed the ball, crossed it instead of putting it on frame. That could have ended uh, much worse for him um, and, and the U.S. Like, I feel like he's not as great as as people want him to be or kind of make him out to be. I I just, yeah, like where, yeah. where are we feeling about uh, Brooks? I, I feel like Colin is his biggest defender, so we should have Colin on there. Yeah, that's to, fair. To really talk him up. The big, but. The big defender's biggest defender. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I agree with you, Paul. Brooks, his ball playing makes a huge difference, though. I mean, he circulates the ball. He can play a ball into the midfield. You just did not see that from Reem. Yeah, I, I yeah mean, but I'm, I, I feel like I'm not seeing that from him. Issues. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, he he didn't really have any great like entry passes last night. He had some big switches. And I know he can he can play the ball, but like... I don't know. I I think he's less. He should be less penned in than he seems like he is now. That's fair. I I did think it made a big difference to have him on the ball, not defending. Like he absolutely lost his man on the goal. He got worked a couple of times. What? I'm not blind. No. I saw it. But he can play. Like the ball at his feet is better than the ball at any other center back's feet that we have. I know. But here's our issue: our defenders can't defend. They're really good when when we're on offense, but when they're, when we ask them to defend and our attackers is, can't attack, they can only defend. <laughs> they can only press. Maybe we need to flip the field. Should we be Josh putting Sargent. Brooks at center forward? Josh Sargent at center back, Brooks at center forward. Let's do it. It's worth a shot. Um, <laughs> one other thing, just going back to the conversation about success on Wednesday is if we can go and like not only win, but, but not get shook uh, and show a little bit more maturity. I think, I mean, I don't know. It's harder to sort of say like, oh, yeah, they looked very mature this game. But like, I don't know, two examples. I mean, we were talking about Adams playing well. And I think overall he has played well. But like his yellow card yesterday against Canada was a, to me, a classic like younger player getting shook. Like, you know, he had just done some great work. He put, I think, Aronson like through to run on and attack, you know, the back three. And then... He just, you know, basically tackles uh, Mark Anthony K off the ball because yeah. Kay had, you know, got stuck in on him. And it's just like, you, you just can't do that. I mean, was, you want to go get somebody, do it later uh, when we don't have the ball. Like, there's plenty of times when if you want to kick someone, you can kick them. Don't do it when only, we have the ball. Not and only then, did we have the ball, but we had a very, very clear opportunity to possibly score. Like, yeah. The yeah. the referee like stopped yeah. the play. Yeah, the referee stopped the play to yeah. card Adam. That was stupid. And, that was really. And then li- later on, he kind of put in like this. He like has the ball against Buchanan, and instead of winning the ball, he kind of tries to like chip it over Buchanan, and then Buchanan wins it, runs back in on him, and he very easily could have had a penalty. Adams yeah. could have had a penalty called on him. It ended yeah. up being a no call, but like yeah. it was not a clear no call. And for me, it's like. Yeah, you can have, I mean, that's the thing about being a defender or, or a D mid. You can have a great 89 minutes. And if you have, you know, a bad 30 seconds or minute, that can cost you the game. And that's part of what being, you know, a mature player is in these kind of instances. And like, for me, those those two moments were like so frustrating and just clear examples of like, I don't think these guys are mentally like there yet to to go through this kind of grind. And, you know, they might be in a month. Maybe they just need to get it out of their system. I don't know. 
the amount of covering that Adams did, I mean, he bailed Dest and Yedlin out multiple times. He was all over the place. I thought he had a good game. I agree the off-ball thing was super frustrating. Usually not called. Like, he could do that 10 more times and he gets away with it. So, yes, it's silly, but also, like, there's no way that he actually thinks he's going to stop the play by doing that. Uh, Right in front of the Canada bench, too. Just, like, perfect shithousery to, like, get a reaction, get everyone riled up. And usually it doesn't get called back. But uh, besides the two points, I'm just apologizing for everybody. (laughs) But I thought he was really good besides the points that you pointed out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I agree. The rest of the game, he was very good. It's 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 going forward is what I'm I'm worried about. I'm we we supposedly have these world class players, which you know I I agree we do, but we're waiting for that like just one moment where you know Alfonso Davies he had yes he he burned with Gedlin and he was like ninety percent of the time he was ended up nothing coming from it, but just that one goal and that saves the point for them. We need that from from a U.S. player standpoint. We need Peckoff to you know do something special or sergeant um, to pull off why he's a premier league player or even conrad you know those those are big names and we need to step through like a special goal or, or you know they they take on two or three people and then they set something up like a nice easy tap in rather than just i mean yes i know we want this like pretty build up and and things of that but like if we want to get over the hump of being a good team that's supposedly in the top 10 of the FIFA rankings, which again, going back to rankings, which is our absurd, then we need that special talent and skill right. to be shown. And we haven't seen that the last two games. Guys, do we, do we suck? Uh, Keevan's concern is going forward. Uh, we have defenders that can't defend. Like, are we good? Are we, are we okay? Do we suck? When we the have- whole thing feels like it's in shambles, that's got to come down to the coach. Like <laughs> these players are not bad players. I mean, maybe they have bad games, but do all eleven of them of them have bad games back to back? That like you have to look for the systematic issue then. Yeah, uh, and you've got to go look at the program. Yeah, who's the goalkeeper coach? Whoever the goalkeeper coach, promote him. He's the head coach. He's the only <laughs> one true. doing his job. That's true. Uh, we got a nice email from Spencer Dixon that we have not even touched on yet. I love uh, he. He kind of tears out the players who's having a tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. Uh, let's save that and cover it next weekend and we'll add one more game worth of data into it. Uh, he's also pretty upset, uh, mostly because he's just been yelled at for 45 minutes by his baby, Palmer. <laughs> Any thoughts about that? Mm, I don't know. Uh, read Happiest Baby on the Block. That's my only suggestion. Swaddle. That- Swaddle. Uh, the five S's, baby. Five S's. Side, swaddle, shush. Uh, Swing. Two more. Swing. That's it. Uh, Swoop. And then sweep. Sweep. Lots of sweeping. Lots of sweeping. Uh, so Spencer will come back to the tears next week. I like that. And then we have to talk about Weston McKinney. Mm-hmm. We're running a bit long. But Weston McKinney out of the Canada game. Uh, for violating team protocols, apparently around COVID procedures. Spencer says, uh, if this is on him, then he should be held accountable. But I honestly am guessing that it wasn't on him. Is there a reading of this, Palmer, where it's not Wes's fault? I mean, he was was the only, I guess he was the only player of note that was suspended. But uh, I... 
how could it not be on i don't know i i don't know i i would have to know more about this like um i think it just seems like it's so easy to follow the rules but i don't know maybe he maybe he like grubhubbed something and that was we saw that happen in in the nba bubble um last year like you grubhub something and then you have to quarantine so maybe Maybe he made a mistake and ordered food or something like that, and that put him out of this game. I don't know, but when you have your coach that's running around downtown yeah, Nashville, that's what I was gonna say. Like, uh, I who I need to know more. Yeah, I mean, whatever whatever happened, it just to me speaks more of like shambles of the team. Yes, that you know whatever the protocol was. Whether it's Grubhub, whether it's something more serious, whether it's something less serious, it just feels like, again, if if this is happening and we've got six points or four points, it's kind of like, a, oh, you know, he made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes, but I mean, especially just that happening before this game, that was, you know, not a must win from a score point, but it just felt like, yeah, we really needed three points last night just to keep morale up. Uh, and then this just plummets morale further, and it just is another distraction. I, I don't know. I Yeah, it just, to me, it, this all comes back to, like, this program feels like it's kind of teetering on a knife's edge. Mm-hmm. Results help, though. If they get a couple of wins on the row, we all feel better. Uh, a little confidence comes back to these young guys. Like, really, results can drive this whole thing, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, winning cures a lot of ills, right? So... Um, we'll see if Wes is back. I, I would, I am very curious about what actually happened. Like, I, I do want to know why he was suspended and what arbitrary rule he, he broke. Um, and if it was serious, then like, yeah, suspend him. But if it's like, like grubhub something and went down I mean, to the I, lobby, I don't to think that's. Up, I, I think if it was something like that, they he was it, out on the town. It, it it's gets, Wes. You really think Wes isn't out there doing stuff? I mean, the coach is running around downtown Nashville. Like, how do you draw the line? I, I, uh, all right. I've done, a pedal, I've done a pedal tavern in Nashville. They're fun. So maybe you know, <laughs> it's hard for him to resist it. Wes is just out there with a bunch of people wearing cowboy hats, singing country songs. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> the pedal, the pedal tavern. You all just face each other, and you're breathing heavy. That's fine. This is why That's a problem. This is why you don't have games in Nashville. You put them in a boring place. You just have every game in you know Columbus or Minnesota or even better Salt Lake City. Just some boring ass places where there's nothing to do. You can't. And the only thing people can do is play Lake. Fortnite and FIFA. That's right. It's it's solved, Greg. I know you're listening. Thread. What's the what's our company? Thread LLC. Thread Consulting LLC. Thread Consulting. That's right. We will fucking do this for a very nominal fee. <laughs> like just a case of Heineken. That's all it is. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up. We got one more game. It's on Wednesday. It is in Honduras. Uh, we're officially in fifth place, but there are a bunch of teams on two points, so uh, tied third through sixth place. I don't know how we end up in fifth. Goals four, I guess. Uh, and then alphabetically against Honduras, who has matched goals four. Uh, winning Honduras helps a lot. Getting a way win. That's sneaking points and helps make up for uh, losses or draws, rather, yeah. at home. 
Yep. Got to get three. Got to. Got to get three. If we draw, yep. if we draw, is, are we, when do we hit the panic button? Is it a loss or is it another draw? I think the panic I mean, button is hit if we. The cover's off. The cover's off right cover's now. Off. So My I, hand is over the panic hovering. button. It might be on the panic button, but it hasn't engaged it. I would say Oof. if if we don't win our next... Like, the next time we don't win a home game, panic button. Oh. What does panic mean? You want Greg out, though? Because I don't... Let me preface. I'm willing to give Greg a long, long leash because last time we got out of coach, brought a new guy in who we thought would simplify, and it didn't work. And at the end, we all thought, oh, maybe we should have let Klinsman just finish it. Like, maybe we would have gotten a result. I, I never thought that. Dan, Dan's got that hashtag Klinsy in uh, ready to go. Send it out. Bring Klinsy back. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, for me, the, the panic button is, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, I, how many things can you do, right, to, to, change, to change the team? You know, there, there's not like a whole group of players who were excluding we could just bring in unless you know unless we want to say all right we're 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 not going to play the, play our young kids anymore but that just seems impossible so it's like what, what else can you do other than get rid of the coach darlington nagby <laughs> jossie sardes i mean <laughs> sardes is injured <laughs> Columbus. I think. oh man all right uh i'm sure we'll have much more to say next week We'll have a little more clarity on how badly we want Greg Burhalter to be fired. <laughs> uh, and uh, it'll be great. We'll just, you know, it's going to be uplifting, uh, thought provoking, uh, well researched, and just really a typical soccer thread podcast coming up. So tune in next week for all of those beautiful things. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Recording. We we changed up our knobs this week, so our audio is going to be good. It's going to be better than ever. You put the good knobs on, Keeve. Keeve, do you do you switch the towel or whatever is under your head depending on your mood? Like, if you need a win for Apex, do you like break out like the the special towel? No, nope. This is my. This is you know. This is a sweaty towel. It's been through the ringer. It's uh. A lot of good games, a lot of bad games, but that's what—that's why I like it. It's seen everything. Burish, for real, should I be concerned? Thanks, let me know. Power? Ooh, I like power. Sounds more powerful. This is all bullshit. Just go with your gut. Mm-hmm. He'll email. He'll email. It's corporate speak. Try. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. We're, at, we're ahead of schedule on not qualifying. I've done a pedal. I've done a pedal tavern in Nashville. They're fun. So maybe you know it's hard for him to resist it. Got your whole day in front of you, Mike. Going to sleep after a sad uh, United States pod. You know you don't, you.
never go to sleep angry.